As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And today we are continuing what I have deemed the best month ever. As someone who's on the show sometimes, but not all the time, please welcome Ethan to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, like I said, I have definitely heard you on Best Film Ever, but I also know you're on the, and I think it comes off like this, almost like a little network you guys have going there on Talk the Mickey. Yeah, I think I described it on Twitter as like the best film ever podcast network or something. But um, early in the summer, say summer, like the spring of last year when the lockdown began, Ian and Liam, who created Best Film Ever, uh, tried to get a couple more people on myself, Ellie, uh, and Georgia. And at one point, uh, Disney Plus came out. So we decided, oh, yeah, we'll do some more Disney based content, uh, just going through the history of it, if it's grown, if it's not, all those kind of things. And um Liam didn't have Disney Plus, but I did. So thankfully, I was able to just hop on and talk about Coco and just become a regular. And it's it's grown to all of these other things where we sort of coincide with with both. Uh, we're on a little break now for talking to Mickey, so I do a bit a bit more on Best Film Ever when we do our we do shows on uh, things like the Disney Plus shows like Loki uh, that we're currently doing, Falcon the Winter Soldier, One Division, all that kind of stuff. And then we we go from there and just talk about all the different uh, Disney Plus stuff. Okay, sounds good. All right, so Ethan, you're taking us back to an absolute classic, the original from 1977. This is, of course, Star Wars. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message. Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. To rescue a beautiful princess. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Too short for a stormtrooper. And defend the forces of freedom against the Death Star. Here they come. The winner of seven Academy Awards, the legendary Star Wars. Rated PG. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Yeah, uh, this is always one I, I love to talk about. If anyone's listened to me on Best From Ever and talking to Mickey, almost every episode I try and talk about some aspect of Star Wars. I... <laughs> I love Star Wars. Uh, You can't see because you're listening, but Josh can see I have an entire shelf behind me of just Star Wars merchandise, books. I've got a massive TIE fighter to my right. Like, I I absorb this this content like it's water. All right, so why don't you tell us, when did you first see Star Wars? Uh, Oh, it would have been about 2004 or 2005. Uh, My dad was this... He was a massive Star Wars fan. He was 17 when the first one came out, and he just had a love for it as a massive sci-fi nerd. Uh, And in 2005, episode three uh, of the prequels was coming out. And as far as he knew, it was going to be like the last Star Wars film ever. So he wanted to have this this moment with uh, with me. So for uh, for five weeks, like each Friday building up to the film, we'd watch a Star Wars film. So it was in that build up and. It it was it was it was a magical experience. Oh wow! Okay, so tell us tell us why why is this your favorite? Um, 
it's it's partly because of that. I had this sort of magical experience as a kid watching it for the first time. Like I was about four or five years old, and like as a kid, I hadn't really seen that many complex films. So it's especially like live action stuff. So it was mainly like animated, goofy kids films, all that kind of stuff. So you had I had a bit of a, a disassociation from reality, kind of. I'm like, okay, I know that's not real because they're animated. And then is a four-year-old seeing these real-life people and they're interacting with all the magical, fantastic stuff. It, it was really incredible and it sort of opened my eyes to what filmmaking could be. And I'd, I'd sit down, I'd watch the behind-the-scenes stuff and I would just have my mind blown over how they did the, like, the practical effects or even the CGI in the late 70s. And I remember my eighth birthday, I specifically asked for this, uh, like, 400 page behind the scenes book of just the the making the production of the film because it just really made me want to get into to film i'm 21 now and i'm i'm at university to study film and this film was kind of what cemented me on that path to go okay i want to make films i'm really inspired by george lucas and this amazing ability he has of creating worlds and just sort of reinventing what cinema was at that time Okay, so I guess it's safe to say that once you saw it, this kind of was cemented as your favorite film from an early age. Yeah, I it's one of those things. I don't think it's the best film ever, um, but it's just one of those things that it really struck a chord with me. And whenever someone's like, oh, why do you want to do this? I go, well, this film, Star Wars, was what really set me on this path. And as I grew older, like, I'd see the more nuanced side of the films that they were an allegory for the Vietnam War and the prequels of this whole thing about the Bush administration and the threat of, uh, like, the idea of the threat of terror and all that kind of stuff. And I really like this concept that in a space fantasy, uh, they always compare it to Star Trek. Star Trek is this vision of what we could be, this utopia of if we all are more, like, progressive towards each other and accepting and open-armed. And Star Wars kind of is this idea of this is what we are and the threat of if we continue down this path, what we could become. And I like this idea that it is this, as a kid, you just see the the funny uh, light swords and the cool space stuff. And as you get older, you can see sort of the more nuanced stuff and how it can uh, change perception and all that. Because it's, it's a big uh, sort of take about spiritualism and religion and uh, even politics and philosophy at points. And as a kid, you don't see that. But as you get old, you go, okay, I, I see those little talking points there. Okay, so on the off chance that anyone has not <laughs> seen the original Star Wars, why don't you take a minute and give a synopsis of what just this one's about, not the whole franchise. Yeah, so Star Wars, or it's called like A New Hope now, depending. Uh, but uh, it's it's the space fantasy about a, a young little farm boy called Luke Skywalker who lives on this desert planet. And these two robots called droids uh, have plans to this evil empire's uh, battle station called the Death Star. And he tries to team up with an old wizard called Obi-Wan Kenobi to uh, get these plans to somewhere safe to rescue a princess. And... To do this, they join forces with uh, a smuggler called Han Solo and his massive dog called Chewbacca. And they go to the Death Star to try and rescue the princess and deliver the plans to the right people while evading this villain called Darth Vader who killed the farm boy's father. All right. So 
for this show, we don't go into all the details. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have covered the original Star Wars. I know you covered Empire Strikes Back recently. Yeah, we did the first May the 4th. We did the podcast uh, in 2020. I think okay. we're trying to do like every May the 4th do a Star Wars. But yeah, we did that. It's really interesting because obviously like on our panel, a couple people don't it was their first time seeing it they didn't like it so it was that whole thing of oh people don't like this thing that i've touted so high in my mind which is really interesting to see so i guess if you want to hear all the details you can go listen to their show but for this show what i want to ask you about now is what are your thoughts on the sequels the original sequels and then the prequels and now this new trilogy uh, it, it's interesting because it's this it's this franchise that's over 45 years old and it's got like eight additional Star Wars films just with episodes and then three extra spin-off films, uh, one animated and two just being uh, Rogue One and Solo. I I do like I I I feel really uh, like cheating saying this, but I like all Star Wars, but I can see when some are bad and some are not so great. I, we did Empire Strikes Back, and I said I really like it, and I think it's a good film, and I, I think I prefer Return of the Jedi just for that, the ending, the idea of what it really means to be good or for, and the philosophy behind it, plus the allegory for Vietnam there is very, very, uh, ex- not explicit, but like you can really see it, the idea of the, the smaller people rising up to the Empire, I think, is great. The prequels are... <sighs> I don't think they're good films, but I really like them for the story they are. The TV shows afterwards, because there are a load of TV shows, they sort of expand upon that and create more nuance and characterization behind what happens in those films. And it makes them better. The story overall, overall I think, is really, really strong. It's this warning message of uh, the threat of behind-the-scenes uh, puppet uh, pulling. Uh, when this came out, it was right when the Bush administration was happening and Dick Cheney was around. And I remember George Lucas was saying, well, there's one character, Palpatine, he is Dick Cheney. He's pulling the strings behind. He, No one really sees what he's doing. Therefore, that's what he encompasses. And it was this whole idea of this is the threat that can happen if you let people in charge of something without getting the right authority and you put a figurehead that won't do things. It was this massive political allegory, especially at the time of the, the, the threat of terror and, um, and sort of injustice and prejudice towards different people. Uh, and the sequels are interesting because I don't dislike them, but I don't love them. I love The Last Jedi. I think The Last Jedi is an amazing philosophy of uh, what spiritualism can be and the idea of greed and hubris. And it's sort of a meta-narrative on the the fandom of Star Wars as well, putting someone up on a pedestal, and then the second they don't get that, that's the disappointment and the anger and the hatred that in the vitriol that springs from that. I think it's one of those things that over time people appreciate, but right now it is that that big I'm seeing red thing. And even then it took me a couple a couple weeks to sort of understand the nuance there. Rise of Skywalker um, is a film. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most i can put there I, I i try i try and structure it in my brain and i get why people like it i really do it's fun but my issue of what the the franchise capsulates is the idea of hope is not as important but I, it, it closes a narrative okay okay well <laughs> just you might be interested to know for my may the fourth episode yeah. i actually had someone come on and talk about the last jedi so nice fans out there of it so yeah yeah he wanted to get (laughs) he wanted to come out and defend that one so just go back and check that out if you want to hear more about the last jedi 
But now I that I've had you, that, yeah. now that I've had you talk about the sequels, we're gonna erase all that. We're gonna go back <laughs> to the original, and I want you. to Let's say this wasn't episode four, A New Hope, and this got to be the very first one, and you got to see your old sequel. What would you have liked to see? Oh, that's really difficult because my issues with Empire Strikes Back is I wanted more um, discussion about the the Force and the the spiritualism behind it. I I really would have loved to spend a bit more time. Uh, I would have loved to have. I like the idea of the converging paths. Everyone splits off and all that. But I love this idea that there's a more focused narrative around um, not just the love story. I think the love story is a bit rushed. I, I want build up. But I like the idea of Luke really going through what the purpose of the Force is. I think Yoda is a fantastic character. But I want to expand upon what it means to be a Jedi, what it means to have this power bestowed upon you and almost this narrative of what is it really like in this sort of chaotic imperialistic takeover because uh, you just see the rebel side. I want to see sort of what it's like in the the, the taken over lands where they, they mention of the where like Chewbacca's planet is, uh, where they're all taken over and enslaved. I really want to see the damage that imperialistic uh, attacks can do. I, I really like that whole meta narrative of the threat of uh, imperialism and what the American dream can corrupt and do. I really love the idea. I would have loved to see that expanded upon that big idea of the threat of what could happen if we're not kept in, in tow. So now let's say you got to remake this original in yeah. today's time. You got to recast it. Who would you put in here? I mean, you got to cast Luke. You got to cast Han Solo, Leia. Yeah, I was, this one like was really tinking around in my brain. And thankfully someone on Twitter had a little fan cast. Went, oh, some of those are nice, but I'm going to change a lot of those. Uh, Luke Skywalker. I really, uh, I was thinking Justice Smith. Uh, I've seen him in the Detective Pikachu movie and uh, Jurassic World. I really like him. I think uh, he has this boyish uh, charm and this idea of like, he really shows what hope can be and this future. And I think uh, the twin sun scene, I think he could do really, really well alongside just a bit, a bit more representation. I think uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I, I was really struggling not to put like actual Star Wars actors in and I had to fold because I really want Mads Mikkelsen. I think Mads Mikkelsen could play this amazing downtrodden, uh, beaten old man hermit. And I think uh, from seeing him in Rogue One, I think he can do that really well, even in that Star Wars universe. Uh, Vader, I was just thinking the voice, and there is no better voice, I think, who can compete with James Earl Jones than Keith David. Arbiter from Halo, Dr. Facilier from Princess and the Frog, he has that menacing evil voice that I think would just set the tone so well. Leia, I was thinking Hayley Steinfeld. I've seen her in a lot of stuff recently. Edge of 17. Uh, she was in Knives Out. I really, really like her. And I rate her as, a, as an actress. And I think alongside Justice Smith, they'd have some good chemistry, uh, even just in the a sibling way or just the idea of, of a rescue. I think she has that sass against people like Tarkin, who Tarkin, I was thinking Giancarlo Esposito. I've seen him in The Mandalorian. That was another difficult one, but he's so menacing and he's so good. Breaking Bad, every time he's on the set, he is just captivating. And those scenes where he's trying to get the plans to destroy another planet, 
oh, he, it would be, I'd be on the edge of my seat with every word he says. And Han Solo? Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, I've seen him in Atlanta. I've seen him in Sorry to Bother You. He has this great uh, wittiness and cockiness that I think would translate so well to a modern day Han Solo, uh, especially in scenes uh, where he's bargaining with Jabba the Hutt or he's with Greedo. I really think he can have his own against that. And he just has such a, a fun presence alongside everyone else that he has that, that self-assuredness. Okay, that sounds good. And you can't prepare it. I love it. <laughs> right. I always go to revise. There you go. So, all right, this is what I want you to do. You even mentioned it yourself. You have a couple people on your panel who aren't Star Wars fans. How do you sell Star Wars to someone who's not a fan, hasn't seen it? Maybe they don't want to. How do you sell it? Oh, uh, Star Wars, the original, is this envision of hope and what we can be do to be better. Uh, you start from nothing like Luke Skywalker. He's this boy in a desert planet who wants to dream of something bigger and he's stuck. And eventually he's able to dream past that and actually get to where he wants to be and become a hero and see the good in the galaxy and save. And it's this amazing idea of uh, what space can be. It's not sci-fi, it's space fantasy. You've got wizards in space with laser swords and it's... It's a knight saving a princess from an evil castle against the Black Knight who has a massive red sword. And an old hermit man who used to be a wizard who knew someone's father. It's complete like medieval castle stuff, but just with spaceships. And it really is. The score is fantastic. It's an amazing time capsule of what cinema was then and continues to influence. Even if you don't get the same sort of joy and presence that like someone like me might, you're still able to sort of really see a universe that was built upon really nothing and ideas and allegories and just see the set design and the acting and the magic that cinema can create of making a world seem so realistic and still so foreign. All right. That sounds awesome, man. <laughs> I think I try. Yeah. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Ethan, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, you can find me, uh, my voice on the Best Film Ever podcast and talking to Mickey when we come back from our hiatus. I do currently keeping it low-key on Best Film Ever and I come back every so often just to maybe cover a film with them, a show or a see it or skip it type thing. If you want to catch me on Twitter where I do all of my uh, more Star Wars deep dives and just the concept of what a filmmaking uh, nuance can be, uh, you can catch me on Twitter at uh, Star Munch Jones. That's the same as my YouTube where I'm currently working on some videos uh breaking down uh some more star wars stuff and just the idea of what some films can be and breaking down the filmmaking process there uh i don't know when this will come up but hopefully i'll have a video or two that will actually be published because currently it's just some funny memes uh this will be out sometime in august because august is oh the excellent month yeah ever, so. cool I'll, I'll definitely have some stuff out by then <laughs> all right and as always you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at YNF Movie Pod, available wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to come back next week as we will have the one of the girls. I'm not sure which one's going to be in which order yet, but one of the girls, either Georgia or Ellie, will be joining the show. I'll be fitting if it's Ellie because she hates us. <laughs> so one of them will join the show next week. Until then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>